This is Don't Panic, episode number 23, recorded December 2nd, 2013, on delivery drones, demoting memes, and jumping the air gap. Fuck it, man. I'm buying a camera. Hello and welcome to this edition of Don't Panic, uh, the number one technology podcast, or at least we think so, uh, on gadgets, the internet, and you. Uh, welcome back. We uh, we may have missed you last week for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we're glad you're back here with us, taking a little time off from your Cyber Monday shopping uh, to watch the show. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by the most uh, magnificent tech luminaries on Earth today, Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Uh, guys, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. My Cyber Monday was full of cyber. Did you... <laughs> really? you, you <laughs> It's really a terrible name. And the funny thing is, too, there were so many stores that were like, come on in for our Cyber Monday sales. And I'm like, if it's in-store, like, that totally defeats the purpose. What's the one next week, too, where it's like, holy shit, I forgot to buy a gift Tuesday or something like that? Like, where one week shipping won't get it in time for Christmas or something? Yeah, that's always, there's always lists out there where it's like, you have to order by this date. <laughs> Like, holy shit, Friday or something. Yeah, it's something like that. It's like, holy <laughs> shit, Wednesday, I don't know. The time of year when Prime pays for itself. <laughs> yes. uh, and, and I will say, by the way, if anyone out there doesn't have Prime, they have a, a free month's trial. So I recommend starting it now. So if you have any Christmas purchases, they'll get shipped in two days. So now's a good time to, to do the tryout. Um, that was a good time for a segue into a story also, unless you have something else to add. No, I don't. I'm just going <laughs> to thank everybody for watching and remind them that we do this live Monday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific at our website, don'tpanic.io, and of course follow us always at facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. Uh, Amazon, the world's largest yeah, retailer... Amazon, I'd like <laughs> to interrupt and please do. let everyone know that I just impulse bought a, an HD webcam. So, but your monitor has an HD webcam. Does it? This, this is more HD, God. though. It's more, <laughs> is it really? I, I don't know that. Man. It's okay. We're going to see Colby's just going to look so good. Yeah, well, that was that was my original point, but I guess I'll look the same. Never mind. Wait, I'll, I'll check the specs. We'll All see. Right. We'll see. But Colby's I could probably still canceling. So. Well, that's good. Uh, You're getting in with the Cyber Monday and uh, supporting the U.S. economy. Yeah. Um, yeah and where did you buy that fine product, Colby? Amazon. That's why I interrupted you when you were talking about Amazon. Sorry. Amazon just sucks all the money out of my well-being because it's such a fantastic, yeah. fabulous company that has literally everything. Um, and I highly recommend, I don't know if you guys got to see the entire thing, but the segment they had on this week's 60 Minutes, um, where they talked to Jeff Bezos and went inside the warehouses, and they did a really great piece on Amazon, which I recommend it streaming on the 60 Minutes website, um, where they went in, they showed the process of how the warehouses work, um, how apparently Amazon is the most efficient at using warehouses. They can fit more products in a single warehouse than any other company on Earth because of the way their algorithms work and how they they put them they'll put them on the shelves in like a computer designed way to so it's the most efficient um do, do like people put them on the shelves um people put them but the computer tells them where so it's weird if 
So, like, they have these little cubbies, and in one cubby you'll have a PS4 next to a book about philosophy. And you think that doesn't make any <laughs> sense, but what it actually does is they know the exact dimensions of every product, so they will get the ones that fit that cubby exactly, regardless of that, how relevant they are. That's pretty cool. Because yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. And so it, it's how they get the best use of space um, and how they're so yeah. efficient. I mean, I guess if the computer knows, right, the computer also knows exactly what cubbies things are in. So. Exactly, exactly. And if you've never seen how a warehouse works, it's actually really interesting how the pickers go around and they grab stuff off the shelves and they take the boxes, they put them on the big conveyor belts. Um, <sighs> it was a really interesting story, but perhaps the biggest thing to come out of the story um, would be the revelation of the R&D project. Uh, that's what I'm going to call it. It's not the proposal, it's really R&D, uh, into the future of Amazon delivery. Uh, first it was two-day, um, and now it's drones to you in 30 minutes or less, or your delivery is not free because I don't think they'd guarantee that. So um, that's right, Amazon is working on a program to have drones deliver your packages. On the 60-minute segments, it was dubbed Amazon Prime Air, uh, and it was a series of uh, unmanned autonomous drones that will deliver your products as long... Uh, I want to make sure I have this right. You have to live within 10 miles of the Amazon warehouse, and it has to be 5 pounds or less, but it'll have it to you in 30 minutes. So, of course, this is a proposal. Even Bezos said this is many years out. Um... But let's just start off with saying, what do you guys think of uh, the future of delivery? Is it autonomous drones, or is it brown trucks rolling up to your front door? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think there are a lot of problems with that. Like, like, how would an autonomous drone know where to put the package? Well, that's and that's part of the... The, the issue with this and why it's so many years out. Um, this article on The Verge talks about the three biggest uh, issues when it comes to getting the drone program actually up and running. Um, a large bit of which is safety. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't want them, you know, delivering a package on top of your head or on top of your dog. Um, <laughs> That's so ridiculous. It is, but... You know, you, you have to... That's the thing. When you start talking aeronautics and delivery to your home like this, you have to have so many safeguards in place that you have to say that could never happen. Yeah. But things always happen. There's an acceptable risk. Right. I mean, it's probably going to happen once in a while. The other major uh, things that were pointed out was what's to stop... Uh, whether you'd hack it from a distance or even shoot it down with a, uh, a bow and arrow. Um, Which would be awesome. If I was, like, ten years old, I would be all about that. But, you know... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. I'm going to... Though I'll make the same argument. You probably like, got some drones flying around San Francisco, Colby. 
<laughs> no, like, no, at least one person who works at Facebook and like routinely goes out on the weekend and flies his drone around. There you go. And takes pictures. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I don't know what the big difference is between shooting down Amazon Prime Air with a bow and arrow and shooting a UPS delivery man with a bow and arrow. Either way, you're going to get the package. Like, I don't... I don't... <laughs> I, I just... I don't I mean, think that's a big if, stretch. If you shoot the UPS delivery man, though, you get all, everyone else's packages, too, though. So <laughs> that's just a lot to manage, so why... <laughs> you heard that here first. Don't panic advocates for hitting your UPS man with a bow and arrow. Um, no, please don't do that. Uh, let's see. So... Um, the other issues that come up... Um, include the fact that the laws involving the FAA, um, currently there aren't any new guidelines set to be put in place until at least 2015, which would be the absolute earliest you'd see this. Um, and the laws will really have to go in place to make sure these things don't crash into each other, that they fly at acceptable distances. Um, currently there are all kinds of laws involving uh, unmanned vehicles such as these, uh, as to what they can and cannot do. Uh, the other issue is... Oh, absolutely. Um, especially, It's mostly populated areas where you have to be really limited. You know, if you just are out in a field, um, <coughs> that's more acceptable. But most of these deliveries, they say it's within 10 miles of an Amazon warehouse and most are around major cities. Um, yeah. So you'd have to be... Uh, you'd have to be sure that you don't do that. It's cities and suburbs, noise issues and things like that. I wonder how they would, like, coordinate their swarm. Like, I don't know. How would they make sure that the drones didn't all crash into each other or just accidentally crash into it? Would they have to be... The drones would have to be aware of each other? They or could like, be. There yeah. would have to be some coordinator. That or was there could be a central air traffic control computer... Or they could have a, you know, the government doles out sections of spectrum for cell phones and TV and all these devices. They could dole out sections of airspace. I mean, these things are precise enough that they could give them a 200-foot range that they can fly in and only that company can fly in it. I mean, there are a couple different ways you could do it, but that certainly is a concern that as these companies start ramping up... I mean, we have self-driving cars that can avoid uh, erratic, human, error-prone situations. So it wouldn't be that far-fetched to be like, oh, no, there's another thing in my path. I will go around it. Yeah, I guess, like, maybe each every drone could, like, broadcast, have, like, some sort of beacon that's like, hey, I'm a drone. I'm right here. And then it would tell other drones. Or they could just see them. Infrared, laser, LIDAR, man. <coughs> and what about LIDAR. birds? Birds, I mean, that they they'll take down big planes. Oh, never birds. mind these small drones. Oh, um, that's true. You know, hardware is a big issue here, um, as this article points out. That battery life um, in these drones currently don't allow what Amazon is projecting to be possible. This ten mile range, five pounds within thirty minutes. Um, now, of course, as I, as we've said, this is several years out before this will be legal. So. Uh, we may see corrections in that, but let's be honest. What what was this announcement more than just PR? 
and, and publicity and marketing. Yeah. I mean, this was all anyone was talking about last night and even into today. What is anything a company says or does but PR and marketing? Well, but when they release a product, some of it's PR, but some of it's an actual product. I mean, this is not even remotely close to being an actual thing, other than the fact that they have two drones that say Amazon Prime Air on them. I mean, as far as we know, they've never actually even made a single delivery. Actually, I don't think they, they can legally say they have, because they... The only thing they dem demonstrated is that drones can pick things up and put them down. <laughs> That is exactly right. So, like, for all we know, the drone like took off at the warehouse, and then they, they it landed. They put it in the car and drove it over to the guy's house. And then it... You know, we don't know, but it was just. I I just think that was a really cool and interesting way for Amazon to get some publicity and to show that they are. That was what a lot of the feedback said. Um, online, at least that I read, was that Amazon is an innovative company versus competitors and the like, is that they think long-term rather than short-term. I mean, it is cool. I feel like that's the first... I don't know. I'm having trouble thinking of any other like big company who has talked about drones, like however impractical it... Well, there was that thing at seem right now at the the pinnacle of reality, Burning Man, where they had the uh, this the taco delivery drones. Uh, you could order a taco and deliver it to your tent with a drone. I don't remember what that was called. And I think there are a bunch of other companies that do this actually. Uh, there are a lot of smaller companies, but a lot of these things, they have to be really careful with the legal regulations. Yeah, tacocopter.com is the taco one. And that's part of the problem. But, I mean, Domino's has put out a press release that they want to do pizza delivery by drone, and, um, you know, this is something companies are looking at. Yeah. I mean, it would be cool, right? Oh, wait. Yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about tipping the delivery person anymore. Seamless would become so much more seamless. Oh my God! If I, the less I have to interact with people, the yeah, better. The dream is to just open your door and the food's there, no humans in sight, and you can continue to live your cloistered life. It's we're, wonderful. I mean, we're we're also almost <laughs> nearly there. Like now, you open the door, someone hands you food, and you go back inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to say thank you if you're a real dick. But, it's essentially the 21st century, you know, the 21st century version of, uh, you know, pigeon carriers. It's really the <laughs> same idea. You strap whatever you want to it, and uh, it knows where to go, and it just flies it directly. It knows how to avoid things. It yeah. has some survival instincts. We've replaced pigeons with robots. It's about See, time. they need to they need to develop some like military countermeasures on these things to like shoot down the bows and arrows and the BB guns that are coming out, like the Star Wars around the drone itself. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say Amazon was going to shoot down their competitors out of the sky. <laughs> you know, like, oh, is that maybe, the, the USPS has drone drones? Wars. You know? Oh, my God. Boy, would that be awful. <laughs> oh. It's the future. We're opening ourselves up to a world of hurt. But despite that... Bezos claims that 86% of packages are under the five-pound limit on this device. So, 
I don't know. What what what's I mean, I know my thought on on this concept of drones, however far out, however who knows how truly likely it is we'll have these, but uh, I want it and I want it now. Not just drones, but things delivered to me. And like I can imagine a world there have been times where I am what oh, the other day I was here and my drain clogged. And I didn't have any drain declogger. So I had I got in my car and it was like 9:30 at night and I got in my car and I drove to Home Depot, which was the closest store, bought drain cleaner and came right back. If there had been an Amazon drone and I could have ordered the drain cleaner and it would have been here in 30 minutes, like think of just how great that would have been. Like it's not practical if you're ordering a gun safe or your which by the way <laughs> Fun fact is the heaviest item you can buy that qualifies for super saver shipping. In case you were curious, is, is, is a, a, a gun, a, it's like a ten thousand pound gun safe is the most is the, is the is the heaviest thing you can get that qualifies for super saver shipping. Uh, in two days with Prime, um, but for things like that or for like orders with a lot of things, this isn't practical. But just for that one time, you need something quick. Or even if you just buy like a book or a CD and you don't have to wait, I just think this is ha, buying CDs a cool idea. But in practicality, it'll never be as great as we're imagining it. I, I'm not that optimistic. I don't know. What What do you guys think? I don't know. Like Amazon Prime is as great as you imagine it. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, if they could actually pull it off, it'd be cool. I guess you're right in that they they're it's sparse on the details because much of that is undetermined, legally yeah. speaking. <clears throat> yeah, I I I'm optimistic, but they announced the same day shipping experiment, and Google <coughs> announced the self-driving car experiment years ago, and I still don't have them, so. Yeah, and I, I think it's fair to say that this is not something that's going to be uh, available everywhere right away. Um, what is it? In the 60 Minutes piece, which I do really recommend people watch, Bezos said that Amazon Fresh, which is their grocery service, uh, which had been in Seattle, it took them five years before they rolled it out to a second city, Los Angeles, and they actually got to understand and figure out how these things work. So this will certainly be a long time in the making, but I'm just glad to see Amazon as a uh, such a forward-thinking company. Yeah, I agree. They, I mean, they do cool stuff. Nobody's denying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Drone. I need a gavel. So, in summary, drones are cool, and we want our stuff now. Uh, what if, what if they, uh, what if you had like a network of these drones so that they only had a limited range, but they could hand it off to the next drone? Oh like, yes, like relay drones. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like the uh, messenger ponies, <clears throat> or you have like, like drones that can take big, big packages and like. So the big drones take a bunch of things and or distribute you them pack all the drones in a container and then when it gets delivered to the city, the drones just release themselves. <laughs> they just swarm out of a box. Yeah. <laughs> this is <That's> great. terrifying. 
Oh my god, just a nationwide... It'll be like cell service, basically, where you, like, hand your call off from one tower to another when you cross yeah. in and out of range. It'll be like that, but with drones. <laughs> oh man, don't let the NSA know about this. They already know. They, they knew before we said it. Well, That's in, the new thing. In, in, a, in a segue to our next story, there was a joke online about how... Um, I think it was the fake Mark Zuckerberg account was that Facebook was going to get a series of these drones to better know your personal information. Um, and with that, we'll pivot on to our next story, uh, which involves uh, a little company known as Facebook. Uh, and this would be, it was announced, that Facebook is tweaking their news feed algorithm, uh, which is a fun word to say. Algorithm. I say it every day. It, it's, I, I'm so jealous. I hope one day I get a job where I get to say I algorithm. Say whenever possible. <laughs> it feels bad. Um, so what's exciting... What's exciting about this is that this updated algorithm, which is rolling out soon, will do a better job in your mobile news feed of surfacing, quote, high-quality articles that readers are likely to click on versus demoting uh, what they call meme photos or overshared links that aren't as informative. Uh, it'll promote more news articles, uh, as they found people enjoy coming across, and relevant articles beneath the ones you're looking at uh, to kind of spur your interest. Um, I think this is really interesting. Um, I don't... Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say on it first. Uh, it feels kind of like... In some ways, it feels like the Google uh, real names thing. Like, it's an attempt to improve the level of discourse in an online forum. And for Google's case, it was a public forum, but in this case, it's like your own friends. Uh, they want you to see, like, the New York Times articles and not the, the listicles, perhaps, <laughs> as I found out. I realized that that was an uh, actual term last week. I cried a little bit inside. You know what a listicle is, Colby? A listicle. You've seen them before. It's an article. It's just a list. Of stupid Buzzfeed. Shit. Oh, Think oh, Buzzfeed. Like Buzzfeed. Oh yeah, but Huffington Post has a bunch of them too. Yeah. They're all getting in on this. I was thinking why about read an article when you can just read twenty-seven bullet points? That's true. It's like TLDR, but longer. <laughs> yeah, TLDR, but it still takes a long time to go through, and it's a new page for every bullet point. By the way, that's the worst. Picture the twenty-five ads. Slide pop up overlay. I like when they're like, yeah, they did. There's like a pop-up ad between each slide. Yeah, you got like a milk full page That's refresh. What... Yeah, load um, all that content from the server again. Just, just <laughs> yeah. I mean, so many ads. <laughs> so, anyways, that's what it feels like. I don't think it worked for Google, but hopefully it'll work for Facebook. I want the end results. Less listicles, please. I, I, yeah, I'm tired of listicles. I'm also, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know what I'm really tired of? The, the listicles that are like, you know, X things that I wish I knew while I was 20. Like, uh, I, I see at least four of those a day. 18, <laughs> 18 things only 90s kids will remember. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I I don't like, specifically, I don't like the advice ones. Like, the ones that are, like, 
you know, about random shit, whatever. But the ones that are there that are like twenty like things that you shouldn't do. <laughs> I think you should write that one, COVID. Twenty things you just shouldn't do. <laughs> Post listicles on Facebook. <laughs> Nobody tells Colby what to do. <laughs> that's a good idea. That's I was thinking about writing a parody one. Maybe that's maybe that's the answer. Yes, I think you should. <laughs> I think uh, I mean I think we can all kind of generally agree this is the right direction. Um, in that I I'm a big advocate of Facebook lists. Um, I almost never look at just the raw news feed. Um, I filter it all into individual lists with separated out with people who I know generally post crap and who don't. Um, but that's, you know, base, that takes a lot of effort for me to do that. So for this to be done automatically through algorithms, I think is um, excellent. My, I'll play devil's advocate and just say that while I think this is a huge improvement, I also kind of feel like it's a step away from the core of what Facebook is supposed to be, which is just sort of like by focusing more on outside links versus internal stuff. And I, I don't think that's exactly what's going on, but this seems to be a trend in that direction. I just think it's important that Facebook remembers that. To me, anyway, I feel like Twitter is more a place where you're going to find links to other sites. For me, Facebook is about pictures, and it's about statuses, and it's about comments, and it's about people-to-people -people versus outside sites. So I just hope they don't focus too much on generating content that leaves Facebook uh, versus the content that's on Facebook. I can't really talk about it. I don't no, know I, about this, but like that's cool. I, I I that's I expected nothing less. That's totally fine. Um, so keep an eye out for that coming to Facebook soon. Less crap in your newsfeed. Um, what story do you folks want to do next? Dan, I uh, want to talk. I, I, I want to talk about this ridiculous <clears throat> malware sound. Thing that I, very rarely do I, does do I read something that I both understand because I actually did understand this, but made my mind just explode. Yeah, that was my my same reaction. Uh, so, and I think we should have a security episode at one point. I think that would be exciting. Uh, in security, computer security, there's this idea of air gapping things. Dan, Dan, I, I don't want to no. interrupt you, but I don't know if you're hearing it, Colby. You're, you're getting a lot of feedback on your mic. Does he sound fine to you? He sounds fine to me. No, no, Dan, I'm sorry. Dan's oh, having. Yeah, no, I can hear it too. I don't know if it's feedback. It's just like staticky. And... Can you just unplug your, your mic and plug it back in? Maybe. I've never done that. Because I've heard, I've seen this happen on other podcasts, and that seems to help. And in the meantime, I'll give you the Monday Night Football go. score update. Uh, Seattle 34, Saints 7, so don't bother watching. Drew Brees. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah, it's gone. You sound much better. Oh, you sound so much better. Maybe that's an OS 10 thing. 
It's I, I you know I've just I've heard it on other podcasts and I I don't know what it, what it does or how it works but you're you're good so please pick up where you are. Um. Okay, so there's this notion there's this term called air gapping and all this means is that uh, some would say the best way to make a computer secure is just to not connect it to the internet, which makes a lot of sense and is ridiculously effective uh, if supremely limiting in what that computer can then do. But if you're just storing, like, super sensitive information that you bring over on tape drives every night, then sure. Uh, so the only other way you could compromise this sort of thing up until this point was that you would take uh, a USB drive or convince someone to transfer files to it that were infected. The idea of the air gapping is that even if the computer does get infected, it's isolated so the information can't leave, but then you would hop on the USB drive the next time it comes in if you could remain undetected. But now, uh, these researchers have developed a proof of concept. So this hasn't actually happened, but they've proven that it could, where... Uh, oh, actually, it says it has happened, and that they looked into it and figured out... So, Apparently, what happens is you get infected with this virus, and this virus piece of malware gets onto the air-gapped computer, at which point it realizes that it's air-gapped, it can't connect to the Internet, and it uses either an internal speaker or it just creates sounds in the computer, like very low-level electrical noise, and the absence of noise is a zero and noise is a one and using that it can transmit data into the air and if there are computers nearby that are also infected that have microphones that they can turn on then they can receive this information as a digital stream and transmit it back out to the bad guy servers so that's what this article is about <laughs> it's, it's almost like Morris code in a way. Oh yeah, yeah. Except there's only two values. That's uh, that I, you know, that sounds like one. Of, that sounds like a plot point in like a Tom Cruise action movie. It sounds that, like oh, something that would have happened in Cryptonomicon. That's and but it sounds like fake. You know, like when you see in a TV show, like the guys hacking into the computers, and it just looks nothing like a real computer. <laughs> This is what this seems like to me. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just make the computer... The computer will put out a sound, and the other computer will hear it. They all have microphones and speakers, and I'm like, that's a really good idea. <laughs> wow, I wish I had thought of that. Like, all computers these days, at minimum... Most have speakers and microphones built into them anyway. So why not just use that as a way to transmit data over the air at a frequency people either don't notice or won't hear? Like, that's awesome and terrifying. And uh, terrifying. I also read over the weekend, I'll try to find this article later, that uh, <clears throat> one of the iPods, they uh, jailbroke it by reading out the operating system through the headphones into a computer's microphone, which then took that information again as a bit stream and wrote it to the disk so then they could read the operating system and figure out how it worked. Uh, yeah. Seriously cool. <laughs> so computers. Nothing secure. 
No. Privacy is dead. Uh, we should <laughs> all just. They're listening. <laughs> they literally. With them. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. That's just crazy. Why I, I am? This is gonna. I'm gonna have trouble falling asleep tonight because I'm gonna be thinking about this. Well, you'll be hearing <laughs> your computers talking to each other. No, but then I'll just be like, well, if they can do that, then what else can they do? Like, <laughs> I... well, that so this is what happened. I forget was it Iran that had their nuclear uh, power plant compromised by some virus or something, and it turned out that it was oh, state-funded attacks. That was the virus that, like, ended up getting out and, like, was just everywhere, right? Stuxnet and uh, Flame. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Stuxnet yeah. was the same, was designed to do the previous thing where it would go around in flash drives in an air gap network, and then once it finally hit a computer that wasn't air gap, then it would take all its baggage out with it. Uh, but, so yeah, air gaps are considered a really important line of defense. Well, and this just shows that you, even even without uh, internet access, that nothing is really safe. Yes, it's all over, guys. It's <laughs> that's it. Just quit. Just give up. <laughs> Shut it down. Shut that's it down. <laughs> like writing viruses. We should write viruses to do good. Like well, how would that work? What what would you have your virus do to improve the world, Colby? I don't know. It would just, like, go around to people's computer and, like, I don't know, show them a picture of, like, puppies or something. Like, Have a nice day. Have a crop. Not watch so much porn. Or... <laughs> but as we saw, another news article we could have put in there, that that guy who accessed the publicly available AT&T, like, subscriber information they accidentally posted was convicted of... Illegal, unauthorized computer access and sends them multiple years in prison. So you'd probably go to jail for showing people pictures of puppies, Colby. Well, I'll have to move to one of those countries that's super progressive about this stuff. Like <laughs> or something. Make your own island Iceland. out somewhere. And, uh... Oh, I can go to Iceland. They have volcanoes there. Are you <laughs> excited about that? Like, Yeah, I th that's all I want is volcanoes. Colby, I'm starting to think you're a supervillain. Colby, if Yellowstone erupts, you're most certainly done for, so you're already living on the edge. But I can't... There's no volcano here for me to see and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, uh, all I'll say is download, don't panic. We probably won't give you a virus. Um, with that, uh, let's talk about... Um, I don't even know what we're calling it anymore. Like, there's all Ultra HD, I guess, is now 4K, right? That's the same thing? Ultra. I don't know. I, I was hoping I, you would know. I, From what I understand, 4K has been rebranded as Ultra HD, which I think 4K actually kind of sounds better, but... Um, I, I agree. So... Maybe, it, maybe it's more consumer... Yeah, I don't know. Just to me, Ultra HD sounds like a gimmick when it's actually not. It's actually something important and quantifiable. Um, yeah. 
like for a while, what was it? They had standard definition and high definition, and then for a while in the middle they had enhanced definition. I don't know if you remember that. And it was, no. and you could buy, and they put it like on TV boxes, and they're like, oh, this TV has enhanced definition. It really, like you could get it, but no one broadcast at that quality. It was either SD or HD. Like, no, it didn't exist. Wasn't that kind of like what a, a DVD's quality, native quality was, though? Um, it was, but the problem is most of the ED televisions were still 4x3. So mm. you weren't actually getting the full resolution anyway. Um, and so I had people at the time who would buy TVs and be like, well, this TV has enhanced definition. I'm like, that doesn't really... <laughs> like, really? <laughs> God. That's a, there, are, um, there are a lot of phones in the world that are like weird pixel densities. So, for example, like the iPhone with the retina yeah. screen is is 2x, so there's two pixels per, for every, like, uh, there's there's two physical pixels for every virtual pixel, uh, but there are lots of phones that are, like, 1.75 pixels per, like, physical pixels per virtual pixel, and, like, 1.23, and just, like, everything looks terrible on your phone because no one's going to change their images to be, like, 1.3 times the usual size for your crappy phone. And that's one thing I'll give uh, I'll give Windows Phone credit for is that when you license their operating system, they have very specific guidelines as to what resolution and dimension your screen can be. Um, cool. And th- that prevents like the fr- like what you see in Android, um, where you have screens in every size you have to imagine. Um, right. <laughs> But the reason we're talking about this is because uh, cutting-edge computer manufacturer Dell uh, has decided to announce two new Ultra HD monitors um, at a range of sizes from 32 inches to 24 inches. Um, These are Ultra HD 4K um, with a density on a 32-inch screen of... Uh, 3,840 pixels by 2,160 pixels. I don't know if that means anything, but it's, it, it is, Colby. You're, you're right on. <laughs> um, uh, let's play... Uh, Dan, I'm assuming you already know, so I'm, I'll do this. Colby, let's play the prices right. If you were to buy a Dell UltraSharp 32-inch Ultra HD monitor, how much would you pay for that? Closest without going over. Really? No, the 24-inch <laughs> is $13.99. Oh, the big one? I don't the know. big that one, the price I $3,500. The Whoa, that's For a lot of dollars. $32 inches. How many pixels? Uh, thousands. Literally thousands. <laughs> thousands. Well, it's I still 3840 by 2160, right? Yes. Yeah. So, millions, maybe? I don't know, a lot. But aren't there... What is that? Wait, we can answer this question. See, I'm getting confused because I'm thinking... 8,294,400 pixels. So, 3,500 divided by 8 million. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's like... 
0.0004 cents per pixel. So, I mean... It's a bargain. (laughs) (laughs) We charge by the pixel these days. (laughs) Uh, A la carte pixels. Um, No, I got confused because I was thinking about the... um, the OLED TVs that are coming out now. And I was thinking, like, well, you can get an OLED TV for two or three grand. Um, and by that, I meant uh, nine grand. But I... <laughs> but, the, and I was th- but I was wondering, and those, are, those are not 4K. That's why. They're OLED. Because so they're OLED. They're going to look really good for HD. Um, Doesn't that have to do with colors... Yeah. LED. Yeah. It's just gonna look like the blacks are gonna look really black, um, and I guess the 3D works a lot better as well. Interesting. Um, so but those is, aren't 4K. Is OLED, is OLED the one that like like shuts off the pixels? So like black will be like yes. the pixel will be turned off. They're independent so pixels. No light. Yep. That's cool. That's why that's why you can get the color so good, um, and so detailed is because you can go right down to the pixel. And interesting fact: if you have one of those Samsung OLED phones, they have those, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty oh, sure yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost all the Samsung phones have that, especially the top of the line ones. You probably do. Uh, if you have a darker background, it actually saves battery life as a result. Well, that's how the um, one of the big things about the Moto X when it launched was the glance thing where it would just turn on part of the screen to give you information. Well, that's because it's uh, OLED. They can turn oh. on specific pixels um, Whoa, rather than having to... Whoa, that's than I thought it was. Like the, the, the <laughs> problem on the phone... They found, though, the problem on the phone is because it's such a small screen is that some people don't like the colors on OLED phones. It's a personal preference thing, but I've heard that the Samsung, uh, if you're interested, it's only $9,000 uh, on Amazon for your curved OLED TV, but it's not 4K. So. Or, for that $9,000, you could get almost three 32-inch Dell Ultra HD monitors to, that you could hook up to your $6,000 Mac Pro. Or... Or you could go Black Friday shopping and buy a bunch of no-name TVs and get, like, 30 and link them all up to make a <laughs> giant monitor. <laughs> you know? Giant misshapen. You, you could use monitor. each TV as a pixel, and if you stand really far away... That's where the bargain is. <laughs> um, no, but this is important. This is an important announcement because OLED is... Or, uh, OLED. 4K is going to be really important for um, design, CAD design, game developers video editors. This is the kind of thing you'd hook up to your Mac Pro, which can edit and export in 4K. So, um, it, it is it is an important, uh, uh, despite our jest, this is an important uh, announcement, because there aren't a lot of 4K monitors out there. Um, there are a few 4K TVs, um, but they're not that exciting. Stuff. Which are, but they're less expensive. They because are. they have a lower refresh rate. Yeah. Yep. So, like, the pixels don't update as fast. Yep. Which is yep. weird, because you'd think that you'd want your pixels to... I think, intuitively, that I'd want my pixels to update faster in a movie than, like, writing a Word document, but apparently that's not so. <laughs> I think 
I feel like if they update too fast, it feels super weird. Like, it For feels what? so real, it's fake. Oh, the, the, yeah, the, where it's kind of blur motion-y. The Hobbit, uh, yeah. what did they film it at? Six, was that 60 frames? Per second? Where normal like, filming is at gets, 24? Oh, no, I'm sorry, it was it 45 where normal's at 24. Okay. Um, which you can see the desolation of Smaug in, uh, if you would like. Coming I would out like to. This December. Are you inviting me to come with you, Sean? Uh, no, there's no... Where am I going to see an IMAX film? Uh, she, it's you come it's here. only an IMAX. Dan, you invite me. I didn't even... I know nothing about Lord of the Rings, but I will come down to see Desolation of Smaug <laughs> in weird IMAX. frame rate. Lincoln Center, man. Let's go. Uh, sold. Have you been to New York City yet? No. Wait, what? Colby, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> Colby, I live in Wappingers Falls and Poughkeepsie. That's about it. That's my life. We should go after Kigley's party and like the day after or something. Gladly, gladly. You, I, if you think I have a life, you are mistaken. Uh, all right. So uh, when you hit the lottery, pick up some of those fantastic Dell Ultra HD monitors. Um, unless you guys have any last thoughts, why don't we uh, move on to our picks this week? Um, and I am gonna jump on that grenade and selflessly volunteer to go first. <laughs> Because I'm excited for my pick. Um, this was news a couple weeks ago, and we didn't really cover it here on the show, but um, Google Play Music finally launched their iOS app, um, bringing it to the world of Apple. And by that, I mean only your iPhone, because they don't yet have an iPad app, which is a shame. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because there's a, a lot of different music services out there, and I've been trying really hard to find one I liked. The reason is is because I haven't found one that does everything I want it to. So here, so th this is what I look for in a music service. My music. I want I already have like 2500 songs. I want that to be included. Two. All the other songs ever made. I want <laughs> included. So I have a, a huge catalog to listen to. Three, I want a radio feature of sorts where it'll create playlists based on what I like. Um from that catalog, and four, I want uh, convenience and pricing, which I'll lump into one. Those are the four things. And, you know, Pandora is great as a radio. Uh, Amazon is great to store your own music in. Spotify is great with their giant catalog, but I have yet to find one that kind of combines all these, and I was really hoping Google Play Music would be the one. Yes. Spotify does all those things. You can't upload your own music to it. Can you? Well, you can't upload it, but it will... Um, will it sync playlists? Be, like, yeah, so you have to sync, like, over wi over your Wi-Fi network but for your, your tracks that you own, but the Spotify app will pull in your iTunes library. Oh, that's can nice. Those you can sync local files to their app. Oh, see, now I'm going to have to try not, that. It's, it's, not, it's not as seamless, I don't think, as the Google experience is, but... Uh, you can do it. I tried Spotify <laughs> probably a year ago, and I didn't like it, so I really should go back and give it another shot. Yeah. That it's kind of the same. The radio's better than it used to be. That's good. I'm a big, big Pandora guy. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted a way to incorporate my own music with it. So I was excited. I'm not an Android owner. I'm a, I am got my iPhone. I was excited. They launched... Uh, Google Play Music for iOS. So this is half pick, half review. Um, 
and it has most of the similar features to Android. Um, your your music, um, Kenny Loggins and Eighteens uh, and uh, just really good stuff. Um, <laughs> it includes all the music from uh, your own library, of course, that I've uploaded. Uh, playlist radio, and of course, they have the giant catalog uh, of songs. Uh, probably the best feature that I have found in Google Play Music that I like is, and you guys are going to get a fun demonstration. Demo. Demo time. Uh, What's wonderful, yes, that's my foot. (laughs) Um, I'm sitting in my recliner, but what's wonderful is that there is Chromecast integration built in, which is really awesome. So if I wanted to take and start Kenny Loggins Radio... And then suddenly it starts playing uh, Kenny Loggins over my TV. <laughs> I don't think I can get it loud enough for you to hear. But, um, And I can jump to the next song. And what's really great is that um, I have terrible taste in music. What's really wonderful is that uh, I've got play controls on the lock screen of my phone, which a lot of the other Chromecast apps don't have, so that's really great. Um, is that I can jump, and it will uh, send it right out to the Chromecast. Oh, clever. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's a really great way to listen to music. You know, I've used the Pandora app on um, my Roku and other such devices, and I've really enjoyed using this with Chromecast, which I've, I've been using my Chromecast a lot. Um, so that's a really great feature. Um Overall, I think it's a better experience on Android, but... I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, Google Play Music, I'm going to keep trying it out. I expect the app is going to get better. Um, The app is kind of a little flaky and doesn't have quite all the features you get on Android, but uh, it's certainly complete enough to use. So uh, if you're looking for a cool music solution, uh, if you do want the whole catalog, it is $9.99 a month, which is pretty generally in sync with most of these other services. Um, Google Play Music is now available for iOS and, of course, Android and on the web. Um... But of course, I'm going to expand my pick. Yes, Colby. Um, can like, does it let you like locally download things so like you can listen to them offline? Yep. Absolutely. Does it let you do that without paying? Um, that I don't know. I'm going to say as long as it's music that you've uploaded to Google servers, yes. Songs that you don't already own, you have to pay for. So. Uh, it is a good way to manage your music, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I've enjoyed it so far. But I'm going to expand my pick because I want to be a time hog, uh, and I want to point out uh, three things. One, um, maybe you'll remember way back, the very first pick I ever made on this show, <laughs> my Logitech uh, UE Boom speaker um, for Cyber Monday. If you're interested, Logitech, I paid $100 for this. It's 50 bucks on Logitech's website. And this is a... I use this every day, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. If you're looking for a Bluetooth speaker, um, it's $50 with free shipping on Logitech's website. It is the... uh, Let me make sure I get the exact (coughs) thing. It's the Logitech UE Boom Mobile Boombox. So if you are looking for a cool Bluetooth solution, this is a great speaker, and at $50, like, I'm jealous because I paid twice that. You're also going to need some music 
to uh, get you started with Google Play. So I'm going to make a music recommendation. We all know, and if you guys haven't seen it, for shame, but I think you have, one of the best comedies of our era is Arrested Development. <laughs> it is a mastery of telling jokes, and one of the ways they tell jokes, you may not even realize, is through the music of the show. Whether it's the music cues or even original music with lyrics that play in the background, even for five seconds, composer David Schwartz writes entire hilarious songs that play in the background of the show. Well, finally, after years of waiting, the Arrested Development soundtrack is out. <laughs> and I, oh, I had a CD. It, it well, you know, it was I. It was funny because I think the MP3 album on Amazon was ten dollars, and to get the CD with the digital downloads was eleven dollars. <laughs> So oh. I I couldn't not, um, and and it actually it is really it does look really nice and they have a nice little uh, thing because physical media does still exist but uh, it's 42 tracks it's about half of the non-lyrical music cues that you will recognize immediately if you're a fan and then a number of um, actual songs with lyrics you may know such thing as um, Big Yellow Joint. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Um, all you need is smiles. Um, it ain't easy being white. Um, one of my favorites, the inspirational rock ballad, Balls in the Air, um, <laughs> about juggling. It's really, if you're a fan of the show, you will put the CD in and immediately recognize most of these songs, and you will crack up. So I cannot recommend if you're a fan of the show. Uh, the music is excellent. Just fun to listen to, but you will think back. And then this actually made me go back and rewatch a lot of the episodes because I'm like, what episode was that from? So uh, the Arrested Development soundtrack is available on Amazon. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. A good way to start out your Google Play Music collection. Um, and that concludes my very lengthy uh, pick. Anything I can do to get people to spend more money. So um, Google Play Music for iOS, the Logitech UE Boom mobile speaker, and the Arrested Development soundtrack. Huh. <sighs> Okay, wonderful. Um, yeah. Let's. I'll go next. Yeah, go for it. All right. So uh, I haven't been using many, many new apps lately. I don't know why. I'm losing my touch. Um, <laughs> but this is one. This is one that I've been using for ages, and it's a timer app. And I never realized how useless normal timer apps are until I used this one. Uh, let me see if I can share my screen here. We're going to get some in Inception for a moment. Double Dan! <laughs> Double Dan. Double D. All right, here we go. Um, so this app is called Timer. Uh, it's available for iPhone on the iOS store. And really all it is is a grid of timers that you can... You can save them, you can preset them, you can just have ad hoc ones, you can label them, um, and you can, the, the key here is that you can run as many as you want at one time. Well, up to however many fit on the screen. Um, and it's awesome, and that is incredibly useful if you're, say, for example, cooking Thanksgiving dinner, uh, which I was doing, just a couple of days ago. To be honest, I didn't use the timer that much. I winked. <laughs> <laughs> that was just you marketing. A timer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was a convenient example that came to mind. 
<laughs> I I like it. It's great for laundry because you can preset your washer and dryer time, so you don't have to like go in and set it every time. You can just click the thing. Uh, it's great for tea if you have different teas that steep for different times. There you go. You don't have to look at all the packages like I often do. Uh, you can you can always get the perfect steep. The perfect peep, if you will. Uh, um, yeah, so check it out. I don't even know. I think it might be free. It is it's, free. Yeah, it is appears free. to be free. There's, uh, there's like in-app purchases for uh, themes. How many purchases. purchases have you made in-app? None, because I don't. I don't care about these. <laughs> okay. Um, I will point out that uh, it is called. At symbol timer. If you search for timer on the app store, it'll be one of your. Make sure you download the right one. It's by a company called Contact. Um, thanks, thanks for that, Sean. That yeah, no. What what you what you pay for is different themes and different sounds. But I'm actually this is and here I'll just uh, show it. But this is I'm actually super excited because uh, there are about five or six timers that I just use. I make a lot yeah. of bagel bites. They it's always like, take the same amount like, of time. Yeah, right. It's like you time... There's like four things in your life that you time. And then like the rest of the stuff you don't need to time. But those four things, you time them all the time. And it's great because so I can just... Timer, so you can time the things that you time all the time. I can just label it as laundry and, um, and then I just tap it when I'm doing laundry. So I'm actually really... I've been using the built-in one, but it's kind of bland. So this is exciting. So I'm good. Welcome Another fun to app to try. <laughs> At Symbol Timer, uh, just search Timer on the App Store. It's by Contrast is the name of the company. Uh, all right, Dan. Well, then. Let's talk about uh, this hot new game that's sweeping the country called uh, Minecraft. Minecraft, yeah. Minecraft is uh... this game that doesn't make any sense when you think about it. Uh, so you have to play it. The premise, which isn't going to make any sense, full disclosure, is that you're just dropped in this world and you have, you can, like, use, build tools to harvest resources from, like, trees and you can mine things, hence the name, uh, but there's, like, sheep and pigs and cows and horses and there's an alternate dimension. So this game is gigantic. And so you get dropped in this world that's, I believe, infinitely large. Uh, it's most fun played with other people. And then you... And so on its own, that would be kind of boring, right? But the thing that makes it more compelling is that every night you're beset by zombies and skeletons and evil spiders and witches. So the, it's incumbent on you to build up some sort of fortification against these things. Uh, but then when you go underground, there's lava and there's rock monsters and other things, but you want to go underground because the deeper you go, the cooler stuff you get. Uh, and it's really cool. So that's really cool. But then there's also this whole, whole meta universe around Minecraft where people have built calculators and computers in uh, in the game. They've also built entire other games in Minecraft, and the way this works is that you can actually make circuits in Minecraft. So people have made 
their own worlds that are like adventure games, like uh, Myst or something like that, that have storylines and specialized inventory systems and their own textures. <coughs> uh, so it's really cool. It's 30-ish dollars on desktop and is the mobile version free? I think the mobile version is free on Android. Uh, I think they have Android. A, there's a light version. Oh, there's a light version. IOS so yeah, I would try it out. The full the full version on iOS is seven dollars, six ninety nine. Okay, and I think it's free on the Play Store, because uh, Android. Um, but that's also fun. It doesn't have quite as many features, uh, no circuits, things like that. Uh, but I think they did just add over the internet multiplayer. But definitely something to play with your friends. Lots of fun. Minecraft.net. Um, I'd like so my the best way I can think to describe Minecraft is it's like Legos, but you never run out of pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, you do run out of pieces, but you have to like collect the pieces at the right. peril of your own life. Kind of like actual real miners. Yeah, so like Colby and I are playing, and we got stuck down this mine shaft, down this waterfall, and like we were totally screwed, and we had to like, f- like climb or build our way back up to the top. And when we so when you see the sunlight after being underground for that long, it's a great. It was really feeling. magical. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think I told you, Dan, last, the last time I played a couple days ago, I decided that, I, like, I was jealous of all the exploring you and Mike did while I wasn't there, um, so I decided I would, se- I set out to find an ocean, so I walked and walked, and, like, three hours later, I found the ocean, so I'm at the <laughs> ocean now. Well, I, up- I updated the map tonight, so you can... Check out oh, cool. what that looks like. Uh, yeah, Minecraft.net. Over this uh, over this winter break, I'm gonna try to uh, when I have some time. <coughs> I'll, yeah, you I'll, should join I'm us. So I'll join you guys, and we'll do a little don't panic. Uh, Minecraft yeah, we have our break. own Minecraft server, so it will be great. Outstanding. All right. Well, uh, a lot of great picks uh, this week. Uh, another wonderful show, of course. Thank you to uh, Dan and Colby for another slam dunk grand slam touchdown uh, right here on Don't Panic. Uh, you can tell we're fans of sports ball. Uh, so uh, I want to remind everyone out there that you can, of course, watch us live. We do this show Monday nights, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, live at our website, don'tpanic.io. There you can also find uh, recorded versions after the fact of audio and video. Of course, subscribe to us on iTunes or via RSS to get the very latest when it comes out. Uh, and, of course, I highly recommend following us on Facebook, facebook.com slash don't panic show. In the event we take a week off or we have to shift the schedule, you'll find out there first. And of course, uh, any feedback or comments, uh, hit us up on Facebook or of course email us at don't panic show at gmail.com. Uh, and I think that's it, unless you guys have anything uh, else you want to plug or add. Uh, oh, Dan, Dan and I have been working on a fancy new website for don't panic. Uh, It'll mostly look the same for, for you guys, but it'll make it way easier easier for us to post our updates and things. So so you'll get your Don't Panic episodes faster. 
and that's yes. that's awesome because I know I know everyone is just chomping at the bit. <laughs> It's very exciting. No, it's great. No, it's a good thing. So uh, keep an eye out for that. That'll be coming soon. Uh, and so with that, uh, I guess we will wrap up this uh, episode uh, by just simply saying uh, good night, relax, take a deep breath, don't panic. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.